Scales curve and curl around flimsy stone houses. A serpentine body, longer than any road Anna's ever seen, hangs overhead. Gritting her teeth, Anna steps forward and puffs out her chest. Both eyes lock on one of Otohime's giant golden dragon pupils. As if to match the dragon's gruesome look, Anna bears her little fangs in protest. Feathers shift, talons burrow, and Anna shakes her fist. Piss off! Faya stares at Anna, mouth agape, hailed and shaking her head. You're Annie, right? You'd better stop, you big... Anna looks around, then it comes to her. But... Yep, definitely Annie. Seuss, Mai, and Gilgamesh all reconvene on one of Orohime's claws, each of which is like the size of a car. Orohime pulls her leg back, putting her comrades at what Anna imagines is supposed to be a safe distance from whatever comes next. Every time Orohime moves, even a little, she crushes more of the domain Feia had been trying so hard to maintain. Feia's pained looks drive Anna's brow forward, leaving her glaring up at the sapphire dragon. You've got to the count of three before I get serious, Anna says, smirking. She wasn't planning on counting to three. Orohime's jaw falls open and collects a hefty amount of the downpour. One, Anna says, earning a look from Feia. What are you doing? Feia asks, looking back and forth from Anna to Orohime. The water in Orohime's mouth turns black. There's a click from the back of her throat, and then all that water ignites. A bouquet of flames builds in Orohime's mouth. Some sparks are orange, others are blue, and some are even green. They mix together, forming a glowing white blaze that rises up between massive teeth like smoke. Harun rushes up to Anna and Faya's side, Herc and Achilles resting along his broad shoulders. Anna bounces on her heels. A thunderclap sounds off throughout the domain, followed by several stray bolts of lightning, some of which hit Orohime. Your aim is off, samurai. Uh, I didn't conjure any lightning. Instead of counting that final number, Anna jumps forward, flaps her arms until they become wings, and bullets at Orohime. Like water from a faucet, flames pour from Orohime's mouth. The distance didn't matter, as Anna could still feel the heat singeing her feathers and sees the waves in the sky before her. Just when the flames are about to overtake her, Anna sees a familiar flash, followed by a loud crack and a boom. Next thing she knows, she's in her arms, and they're skidding along Orohime's lengthy body. Why? Ruth says, frowning at Anna. Anna just smiles back. I thought you weren't coming. <sighs> That's not fair. You're not fair. I knew there had to be a future where Otohime attacked me, Anna says, stepping out of Thruth's grip. And that's a future where you come to rescue me, since that's kind of what you do. Funny. But she wasn't aiming for you. Confused, Anna looks over and sees that the flames hadn't been veered off course by Thruth's arrival. Harun jumps away and uses a gust of wind to give him an extra bit of height. As he leaves, he turns his body so that Herc's Nemean lion pelt was facing the flames. Unlike Perun, Thea doesn't move. She doesn't even flinch. She just stares wide-eyed as the blaze consumes her and washes over her domain. Thea! Anna screams and tries running forward, but Thruth grabs her arms, stopping her. The longer the inferno burns, the wetter Anna's eyes become. Her heart sinks, her knees shake, and her feathers droop. Hoping they'll do something to stop the carnage, Anna looks to Orohime's comrades. There's a bevy of emotions diced up between them. Gilgamesh stares at the flames, unflinching, jaw square and eyes narrowed. 
Seuss glances away as if he didn't want to see this part of Orohime. Then there's Mai, who clutches her face, eyes wide, chin trembling, and mouth quivering. Seuss-kun! Stop her! We have to stop her! She's destroying everything! We can't. She needs to do this. It only gets harder from here on out. There will be people who disagree with us. People who refuse our kindness. People who challenge us. If the Kami ever hope to return to their former glory, we're going to have to be ready for these possibilities. The glow of the fire brightens Seuss's eyes and lights his cheeks. Jade wouldn't show mercy to a child, so neither should we. <laughs> Mai says, tears bubbling over her half-lidded eyes. I thought Orohime wanted to be better than the Jade. But at this rate, she'll be just like him. <laughs> Mai throws herself onto Seuss. In spite of his short stature, the boy doesn't budge. Please, Seuss-kun. Don't let Orohime be like Jade, like the Fae, like whoever. The Kami are supposed to be more honorable than this. We're supposed to be better. This is what it takes. Then this is what we'll do. Seuss looks to Gilgamesh. I'm sorry, but your people may lose this land. <sighs> it's fine. They've known their share of disappointment in the past. This, this is no different. At least Morgan will be dealt with. Seeing that they'll be of no help, Anna returns her attention to the unending heat stream barreling down on Fea. The entire time, she struggles against Ruth, who doesn't seem to be exerting the least amount of effort to restrain her. Let me go! Anna! Let go of me! Now, Ruth! No! You'll hurt yourself! I don't care! I'm tired of everyone worrying about me! I don't matter! I'm not Morrigan! I'm not Jason! What? Ruth says, loosening her grip. I'm not anyone who matters! Why are you only ever concerned about me? Anna snaps back, tears flooding her eyes. If you knew this would happen, why didn't you try to save her? If you knew what was gonna happen to Jesus, why didn't you save him? It simmered to the top. Deep feelings she didn't even know she had were egged on by some mix of Fea's powers and Orohime's flames, as though it had stoked something within. No, that's a lie. It wasn't Fea or Orohime that egged this out of Anna. Anna felt that she needed to say it all on her own. She's felt this way for a long time now. No more excuses. How can you save the world when you can't even save our friends? Anna wipes her tears away, but it doesn't matter as more come to muddy her vision of the roof. I was worried. Ruth whispers as she places her hand atop Anna's head. She brushes back all the loose curls and hairs that frizzed up in the rain. You've traveled all across Midgard and learned so much, but you're still naive. You're still Anna. Anna can't stand that she doesn't get it. It makes her angry, but more than that, it makes her sad. But somehow, despite everything, Ruth's soft smile seems to make her feel just a little bit better. Still naive, so that means there's hope. I'm so happy. What? Using her free hand, Ruth points over to the fire. 
It spreads out from where Feo once was, catching on everything in its path. It hurts to watch, but Anna doesn't turn away. Thruth wouldn't let her. Anna can feel the pressure atop her head, forcing her neck forward so that she can't miss what she thinks is the end of Feia. Then it stops. The fire sputters out, but what's caught burns on. There, amid sparks and ash, illuminated and perfect, is Feia. Hi, is all Anna can muster. No, she can also manage a Feia, another Feia, again. She wants to fly over, but Thruth doesn't let her. Instead, Thruth wraps an arm around Anna's waist, jumps on a bolt of lightning, and carries her to Feia. Guess Thruth didn't trust Anna not to burn herself. She didn't know if it was on account of Thruth being a seer, or just knowing Anna that well. Feia, I'm so happy that you're okay! Anna says, rushing to hug Feia. She knows Feia's going to dodge her, she always does, but it's worth a try anyway. But Feia doesn't move this time. She just accepts Anna's embrace. Anna wants to be happy, but can't help but feel off about Feia's affection. Then again, it wasn't like Feia had hugged her back. She just hadn't rejected her yet. Anna pulls away and looks Feia in the eyes. The sharp, sapphire hues of her pupils were dulled, glazed over. Feia trembles in Anna's hands. She's pale and cold to the touch. Feia rolls her head and looks at the bits of fire that surround them. Some sections are small, just a spark or two. Others have spread out, catching onto all of Feia's planted feathers. The sight seems to alarm Feia as she clutches her head and convulses. She opens her mouth, but words don't come out. She just wheezes and whimpers. Feia's legs knock, and she almost falls, but Anna holds her up. Feia reaches any flames that pass her line of sight. Feia! A tightness forms in Anna's stomach. What's wrong? Should she shake her? No, she's already shaking so much on her own. What should she do? Thruth! Thruth would know! When Anna turns, she finds Thruth eyeing Motohime, who seems to be gathering energy for another attack. I'd let go if I were you, Thruth says, not sparing Anna a glance. Anna does as she's told and releases Feia. Anna's close enough to feel the heat building in Feia. It's like a furnace, so hot that the pink of Feia's skin becomes red. In all their time together, Anna hadn't seen Feia do anything like this. Did this have something to do with her divinity, her domain, or Orohime and her forces? Anna looks around frantically, but knows she'll find nothing. It's getting even hotter. Then, as though she were thrown into a fire, Feia lets out a bone-splitting scream. As if to mirror Feia, the domain itself seems to roar in kind. The ground shakes, houses fall and trees bend. Everything was warped by Feia's outpour of emotion. Anna steps back in, but it's just so hot that she has to pull away. Talk to me. What's going on? What's happening? Let's move out. Anna looks over and locks eyes with the samurai. I advise you to leave as well. If Otohime doesn't burn this domain to the ground, then Shi-chan will. Seuss eyes Gilgamesh, who nods, throws Mai over his shoulder, and leaps into the sky. After a final once-over, Seuss rockets after Gilgamesh via a burst of wind from his feet. The two ripple out of sight once they near the clouds. He's right, Ruth says, winding up her swinging arm. In most outcomes, Otohime incinerates his place. Feia never regains control, and Phalius crumbles. Hmm. On the plus side, the divinity here oozes out across Ireland. Birds sing, grass grows, the world is all the better for having lost a mini Morrigan. 
and the other outcomes? Ruth chuckles, probably because Anna said and did exactly what she foresaw she would. (laughs) Thea becomes a fire. Running a hand underneath one of her braids, Ruth continues. At first, she's like an ember, but she grows fast. It's a different kind of fire, one that can't be snuffed out by dirt or water. It takes magic. The kind of magic that isn't on Midgard anymore. The type of magic Jesus was capable of. A shiver runs up Anna's spine and brings with it a lump for Anna's throat. Fea becomes a blaze that burns anything that comes in contact with her. Even divinity itself. If left unchecked, she incinerates all of Midgard. Maybe the other Nine Realms too. Haven't looked that far. How do we stop it? Anna grabs Ruth's arm and pulls her in close, locking eyes with her. There is a future where we stop it. There has to be. Chances are Orohime would fire again at any second, but Truth would have seen it, so Anna isn't worried. She's not sure if relying on Truth this way has made her braver or dumber. Yeah, Truth says, pulling away. You let me kill her. Right now. I could just walk up and end her before she even knows what's happening. Anna's lips part, but Truth stops her with a raised finger. Because you'd never let that happen, there's another outcome. One that's far less likely, but it does save Fea and Phalias. <sighs> you have to calm Fea down. You have to pull her out of herself. If you save Fea here, you save Midgard. Thruth clenches her fist around Mjolnir. So there's my way? Thruth twirls and swings her hammer, beaming it against the stream of incoming flames. It creates a dome of electrical energy that shields them. Or yours. What's it gonna be? The world rushes around Anna. So much fills her mind all at once. A flurry of memory and possibility and hopes and fears and so much more that sends a chill coursing through her entire body, numbing her. She's scared. So, so scared. But she's come this far. What scares her most isn't the fire. It's the thought of turning back now. Narrowing her eyes, clenching her fist and gritting her teeth, Anna sets her sights on Fea. Buy me some time. (laughs) You have to ask. Papa always promised he'd take me to slay a dragon, so this'll be my pleasure. The fire and lightning surrounding the trio dissipates, leaving nothing but smoke and ash. A massive, snapping snout bursts through the dust, but Thruth manages to swing up with Mjolnir, clocking Orofime. Thruth leaps in time with her uppercut, riding the momentum upwards into the sky, where she'll presumably hold off the dragon princess. Faye has fallen to her knees. Anna rushes to her side and watches as the little girl clutches her chest and wheezes. Uh, Hot! Uh, Grandpa! Uh, I'm burning! Uh. Anna moves in to help Thea up, and she whispers it again, voice trembling. Grandpa! Just as before, Thea's so hot that Anna initially recoils. But after a deep breath, she tries again and manages to touch her. Faye is searing. Anna's far past the point of her hands getting burned. She's worried she may never be able to feel again. She bites her bottom lip to distract herself from the pain. Hey, Thea, can you hear me? Anna asks, panting, sweating. Can you stand? Anna tries to get Faye to her feet, but the girl just screams and a burst of heat rises from her skin. The shock forces Anna away. Now there are little white sparks lighting up all over Faye's body as though she were a candle. Before rushing back in, 
Anna checks her hands. They're charred black, and the smell coming from them turns Anna's stomach. Knowing that it would hurt, Anna approaches Faya again, spurred on by the sight of her helpless writhing. More white fire has taken to her body like a second layer of skin, as though to protect her. Anna's chest gets tight, but the sound of booming thunder and the dragon's roar reminds her how little time she has, so she dives back in. Anna wraps her arms around Faya and howls in pain. Her clothing is the first thing to go, then her singed feathers, and soon Anna loses feeling in most of her skin altogether. Faya, Anna says, her vision blurry. You can hear me, right? There's a big battle going on and your domain is getting banged up. We could use your help right about now. There's fire everywhere and... Fire! Faya screams and more flames shoot from her pores. Uh, my fire! Grandpa! Sorry! Please, I'm sorry! No, it's not your fire, Faya. It's someone else's. Someone else is doing this. You think this is your fault, don't you? Anna glances around. By now, Orohime's fire has burned the domain to a crisp. It's beyond saving, but some would say the same of Faya. Yet, Anna's still here, still holding on to her for dear life. It hurts so much, but it would hurt even more if she let go. There's no doubt in Anna's mind that Faye has done her fair share of damage to this place. It would be a lie to think otherwise. It's just as Anna feels whenever she looks at the wastelands and uninhabited cities that were left in Morrigan's wake. She may or may not be Morrigan. She doesn't really understand it all but she still feels partly responsible. But right here, right now, wrapped in the embrace of this inferno, Anna doesn't care about any of that. Holding her twin tight, she burrows in and whispers, It's not your fault. Faya screams, ignites, and writhes, but Anna holds on, whispering all the while, It's not your fault. 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 Grandpa? I'm not your grandpa, Thea. Anna says, feeling her mind going dim. But I'll always be with you. No matter what. Unable to hold on any longer. Anna's body succumbs to the flames and crumples into a flurry of scorched feathers. There's a tingle all over, and then everything goes black. A small voice fights through the boundless darkness, but how could Anna even hear it with no ears? No, it was more like she felt it. But how could she even feel with no skin? Hey, dumbass. It's familiar and frank because she needs it to be. Because if she weren't, she might crumble too. Annie. It pangs through her, tolling like a bell. Get up. Then, all at once, she feels, sees, smells, and knows where she is. Anna looks around and sees that she's sitting in a pile of feathers. And not all of them are hers. She's come to know the difference in her smoky-looking feathers and Faya's jet-black ones. It only took a second for Anna to realize that she'd been pushed to her limits. 
Unlike Thea, Anna wasn't used to being damaged so much that her physical body collapses and reforms. Anna had always wondered what would happen if she were destroyed. Could she keep hold of her consciousness? Could she call her divinity back together before it spread out too far? Would Anna come back if she lost herself? Well, looking at Faya's haggard expression and molting shoulders told Anna that she'd been saved. Somehow, Faya must have pulled Anna back together by commanding her own feathers to retrieve Anna's. All of these feathers couldn't have been Anna's, as every injury she got trying to save Faya was gone. She's become a patchwork of Faya's divinity and her own. Anna tried to save Faya, and ended up needing saving instead. That's expected. What wasn't expected is that Faya was the one to save her. These were feathers she wouldn't even use to fight Orohime, and she'd given them to Anna. Why? Anna asks, her vision getting foggy. Exactly! Faya knocks her forehead against Anna's. You could have died, moron. This is why I wanted you to stay behind. Ow. Anna mutters, rubbing her forehead. You would turn it into fire, and there's still fire, but it doesn't look like yours. Did you calm down? Are you better? Wanting to see if she's okay, Anna lunges at Faya. She grasps all of the girl's body, searching her for any more of that mythical heat from earlier. Hey, watch it! I'm fine! Thea pats herself down and glances at the nearby battle. Seems Orohime still hasn't withdrawn. It's a good thing Thruth was there to hold her off. No, not just Thruth. Squinting, Anna notices that Perun has joined the fray. He must have set Herc and Achilles down somewhere so he could help Thruth. Whenever Thruth slams Mjolnir down against Orohime's hide, there's an electrical discharge that surges throughout her body. Rather than conjure his own lightning, Harun grabs stray bolts and brings them together to form his axe, which he slashes Orohime with. I lost it back there. Faye's voice snares Anna's attention. But you brought me back. I wasn't going to let anyone else die in Folius. Not by my hand. Not because I couldn't control myself. A wave of Faye's hand splits the ground. Was this the start of a new attack? There's a bright flash, and Anna covers her eyes. When she pulls her hands away, she sees something creeping up from the glowing chasm. A stone pillar of sorts. It climbs from the split and comes to rest in front of Faya. When she touches the stone, it glows white, and an aura surrounds her body. Hey, dragon! The domain amplifies Faya's voice. You wanted the stone? Come and get it! Orohime slaps Perun with her tail, sending him careening to the ground. Thruth dodges a claw then descends of her own accord to land behind Faya. You're no fun, Faya, Thruth says, lowering Mjolnir. That's a dragon! I was fighting a dragon! That's fun! Water leaks from Orohime's scales like sweat. So much water leaves the dragoness that she shrinks down to a far less intimidating, but still formidable size. I would have won, too. <sighs> Doubt it! You couldn't even beat me! Thruth points Mjolnir in Faya's direction. <laughs> Shut up! Don't argue with someone who can see the future. Well, if you can see the future, why didn't you just beat her sooner? Oh, wait. It's cause you couldn't. Cause she's a dragon! <sighs> Orohime clears her throat, pulling everyone's sights on her. She's back to looking like a tall, beautiful godling, as opposed to a massive, fire-breathing beast. You've brought out the Leah file. What's your play, she? 
Another exorcism attempt. You certainly have enough able-bodied allies here to drive me out. Orohime eyes Thruth in particular. Resting Mjolnir on her shoulder and running a hand beneath one of her braids, Thruth sighs. <sighs> nope, I'm here for Anna. I wouldn't share even an ounce of my divinity with Fea. Orohime looks back at Fea. She's not worth it. All the prayers of the Norse course through me. Acer divinity would be wasted on a scoundrel like her. Fea rolls her eyes, then focuses on Orohime. Furthermore, sharing my divinity would make me an accessory to whatever deplorable thing she- Okay, we get it! You hate me! Mm-hmm. I do. Thruth nods. <sighs> Children. Orohime says, shaking her head. Again, with the godling stuff. You're a kid, too! It really puts it into perspective when Anna realizes they just had a large-scale battle over a very small domain. Yeah, they are just kids. Now, if only they'd act like it and stop with the death threats. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you guys and the entire army of heaven. Thea shrugs, and Anna wonders if that's true. Because wouldn't that mean Jesus would have wanted her dead too? So get in line. Thea motions towards the glowing stone at the center of the circle. You came for the domain, so take it. You're tired. Same here. Let's call it, and you can save killing me for another day. Orohime steadies her gaze on Fea, as though she thought the girl would flit from her sights otherwise. Her hand hovers over her sword, ready to draw it at a moment's notice. I messed up. We messed up. Dragged too many others into this. Fea glances at Anna, putting all sorts of pressure on the girl. You're not going to stop wanting to kill me. Fine. But do it where it doesn't have to get Annie or any of her idiot friends. It clicks. It just makes sense. Now it might have been the apologetic look in Fea's eyes, or the surprised one in Orohime's, but Anna thinks she understands both girls a bit better now. She thinks she knows why Fea doesn't do alliances. And if they come to your aid again? Orohime asks, reaching for the stone. You walk the other way. You do the same? In my territory? Yeah. Fine. Orohime touches the stone, and the white light that once surrounded Fea moves onto her. All these flashing lights swell up on Orohime, and Anna can feel the dragoness taking over. It's like the parts of her that were made of Fea's feathers were hurting. There's a pulse. Orohime pushes some of her own divinity through the stone, and it extends out throughout Phalius. It didn't change much but the damage from the fire was gone, and most of the buildings repaired themselves. Even several feathers remained pierced into the ground, just as they were before the fight ever began. That sight in particular left Fea agape. Anna wonders if she's going to say something, but Orohime prevents it by holding up a hand and glaring hard at them all. I'll preserve it as it is. Never forget this feeling. Orohime closes her eyes. Now get out. Harun steps up and wraps an arm around Anna. Herc and Achilles were under his other arm. He calls a breeze that carries them up and out of Phalius. She watches Thruth become lightning, and Fea sprout her wings so the two of them can follow. It wasn't anything like she thought it would be, but something about the way Fea and Orohime spoke left little doubt in Anna's mind. They'd come to some form of agreement. Having regrouped with FSM, Anna and her assortment of friends sit back on the noodly monster and watch the waves rush by on their way back to the castle. 
Normally, Faye wouldn't be keen on having this many intruders on her mount, but she seemed much more concerned with tending to his few injuries. I will not do that again, Harun says, patting his more sensitive-looking bruises. Sorry, I didn't expect so much fighting. My bad, Ruth points Mjolnir at the unconscious Olympians. I told those guys to show up months ago. I didn't know Perun was even a thing. Is that Mjolnir? Perun asks out of the blue, curiously examining the weapon. Yeah? Can I hold it? No. Oh. Perun stands up, rolls his shoulders, and exhales. There's nothing left for me here. I give regards to the family. That's all Perun says before creating an updraft that carries him away. Regardless if he could hear her or not, Anna still calls out to him. Thank you, Perun! Thanks for everything! Finally! Theo walks across Noodles until she reaches Thruth and Anna, then drops down beside them. Pointing at Herc and Achilles, she asks, What about these guys? Both Anna and Thea look at Thruth because she always has the best answer. Sighing, Thruth pulls up her eye patch, ignites her eye, and checks their futures. Throw them overboard. What? Hell yeah. Faye is already rolling them. They'll be fine. Ruth lowers the patch over her eye. Trust me. I normally would, but I think I have a better idea. Anna says while climbing up and taking the reins. It takes them over an hour to get there since they're flying at a leisurely pace, and it's surprising that neither boy comes to in that time. When they're over Corb's tavern, Thruth and Fea use their feet and push the boys off. They both land and form a crater just outside the Fomorian's door. All right, hit it, Fea says, and Anna yanks on the reins, and they fly off before they even had a chance to know if Corb was there or not. This wasn't usually the kind of thing Anna would find funny, but she can't stop herself from laughing. It infects Fea, who sounds maniacal, but still very happy, which is good. Ruth also gets in on it with a hearty-sounding laugh of her own. It's so shocking that Anna and even Fea stop laughing because they aren't sure if Ruth is still working or not. <laughs> what? You're laughing. I- is that a problem? I mean, I kind of missed the mark as Midgar's guardian today, what with letting Fea survive, but I did get to fight a dragon, toss two lungs overboard, and watch Fea have an emotional breakdown. All in all, a good day. Pink comes to her cheeks, and her expression is so much more vibrant than Anna's seen since before Jesus. Ruth plays with one of her braids, and her voice almost sounds nervous as she says, <laughs> So thanks, Anna. Thanks for being stubborn. Don't cry. Don't cry. Too late. Tears flood Anna's eyes, and she lets go of the reins, which sends them into a nosedive. Crying and not caring what happens, Anna throws herself on Ruth. It feels like they level out so Anna has to assume that Faya took over. (sighs) I hate you. Anna hears Faya mutter under her breath, and giggles when she hears Thruth confidently respond. I hate you too. God Complex is produced by Name Pending Creations, featuring art by Zoe Cox, music by Jeremy King, and the voices of Kate Page, Jessica Ryszewski, Tamara Fritz, Danny Chambers, Michelle Marie, Joshua Powell, and Connor Ludovis. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the production, consider pledging to us at www.patreon.com npc. Every little bit helps in making the show better for listeners like you. Thank you.